Welcome once again, this is Ask. Who should we pray to when it comes to the Trinity? What if Eve or Adam didn't eat the fruit? And how should churches and Christian organizations deal with these transgender and issues surrounding sexuality? Big questions, stay tuned on Ask. Welcome once again, we're at Cornerstone Church. I'm Pastor Jamie, this is a weekly show where if you're just seeing us for the first time, uh, where you go to our website, cornerstonebv.org, Go to the media page, drop down, hit ask, and you can ask a question. Bible, life, topic, something you just kind of want some kind of opinion on or or thought on from a pastor. So uh, we need your questions. This is completely driven by you. And so if you have a question, be sure to ask it. All right. Um, This one's a little long, but I think it's worth reading. In today's society, it is becoming more and more acceptable for people to identify as another sex rather than the sex they were born with. So transgender. Um, So the question is, what do you think of churches and Christian schools that accept and embrace this behavior and what should happen? Okay, so it's a big question. Um, I think it really goes back to not just the transgender issue, but any issue that's hot button in the culture that puts you, if you disagree with sort of the cultural's mainstream stance, and if you disagree as a Christian, um, what should you do about that, especially as an organization, let alone as an individual? Um, and that's becoming more increasingly over the last number of years uh, surrounding issues of homosexuality as the church has struggled with that. And, and it even goes back to churches themselves, right? If you look at certain denominations and certain uh, church churches, even that aren't just part of denominations, they've t- taken stances um, that we, that I certainly personally would, I think it's very clear biblically, are not biblical. And they do so by messing with the interpretation and calling it, yes, it's there, but it was just that culture and that time. And that is a terrible way to interpret scripture. So when you do that, you can play all kinds of gymnastics with the truth of scripture and you can make it say what it, pretty much whatever you want it to say uh, within some reason, I suppose. And, and so churches have done that. Um, so when you ask that question, it really depends on the organization and what they're affiliated with. So all I can answer it is based on me and Cornerstone Church. We had a missionary we supported for a number of years. I won't name it, um, but they they dealt with, um, I won't even say what they dealt with, but basically we, we, we supported them for many years. And they got to the point where they were gonna be stripped of their nonprofit uh, really as an organization in certain states if they didn't do something that was clearly not biblical. And so they said, well, we're going to say we do it, but not really do it. And they were kind of wishy-washy with it. And then they were they even started to lean towards, ah, it's really not that bad. And we cut them as a missionary. Um, we understood that that is a difficult thing when you're pressured like that. But here's our stance, right? Is you need to have a conviction of what is true. And our truth as Christians is the Bible is true. A a good, solid interpretation of scripture, okay? Now, we recognize there are things that different churches, different organizations have differing opinions on. So, if, uh, for instance, my kids go to a Christian school, if if the Christian school, and they do, have a different interpretation on, say, the end times, and their eschatology is what that's called, or they, they differ, which they do, on baptism, right? We think it's believer's baptism, they think infant baptism. We disagree on that. Um, and there's other things, women in ministry, etc. Those are things that aren't die-on-the-hill issues. And so, I, I'm fine with it, right? Because it's like, yeah, we can have that healthy debate. But when something is incredibly clear scripturally and where kids are involved or our ministries are involved, there are money is attached to that. 
You need to be clear biblically, and then here's where I think we get it messed up. You have to um, trust God with it. And I know that sounds like such a pastorly thing to say, but I think too many don't. Right, right now, the school that our kids go to, they're in the midst of these very questions. And I just filled out a survey, and I said flat out, would you recommend the school? I said, listen, we've loved our experience for the most part. And my daughter's gonna be a junior. So, I mean, unless they turn satanic, we're gonna finish it out. It would be wrong to her. However, I'm in between right now, depending on where they fall. Will they trust God with his truth? Whatever that comes, whatever the government tries to pressure you or strip you or whatever the cultural pressure is, you won't grow as a school or grow as a church or grow as an organization because of this. Forget it. God's bigger than all of it. We trust God with it and we let it fall. I believe that missionary that our church had to stop supporting would have been far better off financially if they had stuck to the truth. We would have supported them more if we knew they were in trouble because they were staying with the truth. Instead, we cut our support and we weren't the only church that did that. And I feel for them and it's coming to churches. I know that probably in my lifetime, they're gonna come and say, if your statement of faith says this about transgender and this about uh, sexuality, then you can't be a nonprofit. That means we're gonna have to start paying taxes on all of our property in our building. We will do it. We will never, ever shrink back from truth, regardless of what culture calls us, tells us, pushes out of the cool, the cool kids table. And obviously I'm passionate about this issue. It is clear cut. You stay with God's truth in love. I'm not a ranting maniac. I'm not because you disagree with me. I'm gonna shake my fist at you. I love you. I'm not gonna do that. But I'm not wavering for what I believe is true when you're following the Lord Jesus and his word that's it. Come what may. That's what we got to do. And that's what schools should do. That's what Christian organizations should do. Missionaries should do. It can be hard because there's this church over here. There's this organization over here. And what do we do? Just say, here's the biblical truth. Done. That's it. Okay. All right. Hopefully that helps. Great question. Probably got me in trouble, but that's okay. That's what I ask is for. All right, this one's a hypothetical. So I almost didn't answer and I'm like, I don't know. Um, and I did ask Pastor Bob, our associate pastor here. You might know him from the star of Wisdom 828. Um, but uh, just because I was wondering his, uh, you know, his thoughts on this. What if only Eve ate the fruit? That was it. I was like, oh, someone like just throws little grenades into the room. And, and you know, hypothetical questions are pretty much impossible to answer because it didn't happen that way, right? However, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to shrink back from it. So I've, I thought about this, asked Bob, what do you think about this? And, and the real question comes down, what was Adam's real sin, or at least the first sin? And, and, and I've always just thought of it as you should, he, he ate the fruit, right? And that certainly cemented it. But wasn't he supposed to be, based on God's command, to be the headship of his wife? And wasn't he supposed to be teaching her rightly and, and, and making sure he was stepping in where she needed it? And he was there. It's not like he did everything he could and then she snuck behind his back. He was standing there passively while she sinned, right? If he was doing his job, right, and, and he would have said, no, 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 no. You are not eating from this. Here's why. We are not going there. He could have stepped in and stepped on that serpent. I'm going to kill this thing before it lures my wife into such a dangerous thing. That's what headship means. Loving your family, loving your wife. You're going to stand in between. So I think that regardless, when Eve ate the fruit, Adam sinned. 
All right. Now, um, if he hadn't, and he, has, he, he was the headship as what he was, as, as much as he could be, and he was there trying to stop her, or maybe he say she tried to do it, and he wasn't there that day. I just think God would have intervened one way or another. He, he wouldn't have either, either wouldn't have let Eve do it, or if Eve did it, he would have judged her right there, and the sin wouldn't have entered the human race as it did through Adam, because um, that's where we inherit it from Adam. So maybe he would have killed Eve and gave her another wife, gave him another wife. I don't know. You have to ask God that someday. That's above my pay grade. Okay. So good question. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. All right. Last one, real quick. As I sometimes struggle with this, like, or just struggle with this question, right? Am I doing it right? Right. What person of the Trinity should we address our prayers to? And there's more to it than that. But it comes down to it. You have God the Father, God the Son, Lord Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, right? All co-equal is God, but separate in personhood. So when you pray, who do you direct it to? And part of me is like, man, don't let that stop you from praying. Am I saying, I don't know. So my answer is, it's fine to pray to any of the Godhead. I think if you look scripturally, the Father is our primary source of who we're asking, right? However, the Lord Jesus is, is at his right hand. He's the intercessory, right? So he brings our prayers to him. So I think it's perfectly fine uh, to, to talk to the Lord Jesus. Um, and, and, and even the Spirit, what I tend to do is say, God, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you get, you know, so kind of addressing the Father, asking for him to give. But sometimes just go right to the spirit. I like, especially when you need spiritual fruit, you need gifts, like you need patience today. That's the spirit, right? That's the fruit of the spirit. So spirit, I need patience, fill me. Like it's perfectly fine to do that. They are God, all three, separate in person. They're part of the Godhead. You can talk to all of them. But I think primarily it's the Father in the name of Jesus. When you say that, it's not just to end a prayer. It means you are coming to the Father with your request based on the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. He died for me. He gave me his righteousness. I've become uh, a part of your family because of Christ. So it's on his authority I can bring this request to you. So you're praying to the Father because, you know, so I think that's primarily what we do. But if you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, Holy Spirit, man, give me patience. I'm going to kill my children. That's a good prayer. All right. You need that patience. Don't worry about who you're talking to. They'll sort it out. All right. Okay. That's been it. Make sure you ask your questions. Go to our Cornerstone, uh, uh, you know, org. And uh, by the way, uh, we'll be in church this weekend. So uh, either five o'clock Saturday or nine or 11 Sunday. If you don't have a church home and you caught us here, like, oh, seems like kind of a crazy pastor. I'd like to see him in person. Well, come join us. We would love to meet you. God bless.